Thank you. Let's take our Bibles, please. Turn to John chapter 16 tonight. John chapter 16. And I want to thank Cody for that great exhortation tonight. He preached my whole message. So I appreciate that. And I'll have to check in with these guys before they get up from now on. And uh, John chapter 16, and I'm sure it'll be different. And uh, somebody said, I've heard all your messages. And I thought, I haven't even heard them all yet. So I never know what's coming out until you get the Lord starts moving in your heart and working. And then things come out of your mouth you never thought you'd hear. So John chapter 16, John chapter 16. I want to thank some uh, folks. When we went away this last week, um, we came home. I felt like we were on that TV show, Extreme Home Makeover, and uh, it was such a blessing to come home, and, and when we left, the, I guess the fr- Saturday or Friday, whatever it was, Saturday, I think, Friday, we had, uh, Brother Kevin Norris and I were putting a new floor in the back area of my house, and uh, just where our patio door is, not a very big area, but just in there, you come in from the garage, and it's kind of a lower floor there, and so we were putting this floor in, we had old, old carpet in there, and with pets and things, so we put in a, a laminate flooring, and, and he said, leave me your key, I want to just finish out to the lobby a little bit, just another about 12 square feet, one very big area, and uh, he rallied the troops and went through our house and did all kinds of things, and uh, we came home to a new home, really, and uh, we appreciate it so very much, and I, I say this publicly because I don't know who was all involved. I found out today that Lucas Pender was crawling through my attic. I had no idea. And so just things like that happened and came to light. And, but if you, if you were involved in that, please know we're very appreciative. And we thank you very much for all the blessing you were. And I'm sorry. I, I wrote as many thank you cards for as many people I heard about by accident. Nobody wanted to really be known. But I heard and wrote some thank you cards. If I missed you, it's just because I hadn't heard that you were in our home. But we want you to know you're appreciated. We thank you very much. It was a huge blessing to us to come home and find the house like that. And, and uh, it's, it's been a great, great help to us. So praise the Lord. God is good. Amen. And God's, God's people are the best. And it just confirms it again. And so here's the moral of the story. Just if you are going on vacation or something, give your key to Kevin and let him house sit. And just drop a few hints before you go what needs to be done. He, he's, does, he does great work, by the way. And I heard that Matt Pankhurst, uh, he laid a carpet and did quality work. And so I guess he's kind of doing that on the side. So if you need some carpet put in, that's the guy to talk to. And I'm not saying he's going to do it for free. I'm just saying that if you need somebody, he can get the role and he can do it on a Saturday for you or something when he's not working. And, and I'll just put a little plug in because he did such a, it just a, Fine job. It's just well done. Every corner is finished well. Kevin does great work too. And so, but I don't think Kevin wants side jobs. <laughs> He's got enough honeydews at home to take care of. And so, anyway, but uh, I just, I, we're just very appreciative. John chapter 16. John chapter 16. We'll look here for a few minutes tonight and we won't keep you very long. We know we have a meeting besides this, but my wife and I prayed together before the service and I prayed, Lord, just push that out of our minds. That not ought, to, ought not be our focus to get out of church early. And uh, I know that uh, some friends in the States were talking a bit today, and I guess there's the, the two championship football games, NFC and AFC championship games today, and one guy was saying, you know, I'm going to miss half that game, another, I don't know, you know, and listen, that ought not be our priority on the Lord's Day. We ought to be in the house of God. And uh, I remember in Bible college, a bunch of guys skipping church Sunday night to go watch the Super Bowl somewhere, and I thought, you're training for ministry, and you can't even go to church. What a shame. And so I hope their team loses forever. Amen. John chapter 16. 
John chapter 16. I'm just going to read a couple verses here, and then we'll pray, and then we'll get right into the message. Verse 32. Cody's already read this verse, as well as every other verse I was going to look at. But, amen. Behold, the hour cometh, yea, and is now come, that ye shall be scattered, every man to his own, and shall leave me alone, and yet I am not alone. Listen to this. Because the Father is with me. Aren't you glad that he will never leave you nor forsake you? Jesus knew what it was like to have the Father always with him. He'd never be alone, except on the cross of Calvary, where the Father turned his eyes away. And he says, why hast thou forsaken me? But Jesus gives us the same promise, I will never leave you nor forsake you. Verse 33, these things have I spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Heavenly Father, we love you and we thank you and praise you for all that you've done for us. Thank you for being so good to us. Lord, we just rejoice in the fact that you're a God that is personal. I can't believe somebody could read a verse like this and believe that we have an impersonal God. The fact that he gives peace. The fact that he's our comforter. All these things just point to the fact that he's intimately involved in our lives and that he'll never leave us nor forsake us, that his Holy Spirit indwells us and has sealed us under the day of redemption. He protects us day by day. So, Father, tonight as we look at this one attribute, this one thing, that we should adorn peace in our lives. Lord, I pray that we might be a bright and shining testimony to those around us. Help them to see Jesus in us. Help us to speak Jesus, not just with our lips, but with our lives. And Father, we'll thank you for all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, as children of God, we ought to grow daily in our walk with him to a point where we are professing Christ outwardly. As I just prayed a moment ago, it's not just about our lips, it's about our lives. And when I say speak Jesus as our theme this year, that's exactly what we're talking about. It's about confessing the Lord with our lives. People want to look at us and somebody has said this, you might be the only Bible people ever read. We ought to be a bright and shining light for the Lord Jesus Christ. And how do we do that? Well, we have to be conformed to his image. We have to look more like Jesus. Somebody brought me a picture tonight. Marianne Heath brought me this picture, and she'd seen it on, I think my mom put it on Facebook, and it's uh, a picture of my Uncle Larry died this week, my dad's twin brother. And uh, she looked at that picture, and it was dad and mom's wedding. Did you put that on Facebook? You did? Okay. And uh, there's dad. And Marianne says, I see your brother. She pointed at dad. Then she pointed at Uncle Larry and she says, I see you in this picture. And so we look like those we come from. The Bible says we look through a glass darkly right now, but one day we'll see him face to face and we shall be like him for we shall see him as he is. But as we look into the word of God, we ought to be conformed to his image. That is what we are predestinated to be, it says in Romans chapter 8. God has a plan for your life, in other words, and it's to look like Jesus. And that's how the only way I I know of how we can properly profess the Lord with our lives is to look more like Christ every day. And I I use this as an example. I've said it several times now. I want to know how it is that Jesus can sleep in a boat during a storm because he had perfect peace. He knew the God of the storm and he could trust in him. The Bible says in Colossians chapter 1, verse 27, listen to this. To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of the mystery according among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. 
We have this testimony within us. We have the very blood of the Lord Jesus Christ that has cleansed us and his spirit is filling us and we, we just, lives should emulate the Lord Jesus Christ. He is within us and he is the hope of glory. Peter says it this way, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Peter is talking about professing Christ with our lips. There was a, I can't remember the, the, the preacher that said this years ago, always preach the gospel and use words if necessary. Think about that. Our lives ought to be a book that is open to the world that they might see Jesus Christ and see Christ living in us. But how will they possibly know that hope that we have? Peter says to be always be ready to give an answer for the hope that is within us. How will they know of it? Only if they see Jesus in us. More specifically, if they observe the characteristics in our lives that come to the surface because we know Jesus and we possess his spirit. One of those characteristics, and we're going to look at it tonight, is to have his peace. To have his peace. I just want to give you three things quickly tonight. Number one, adorning peace. Adorning peace. Adorn means to decorate yourself. It means to wear it outwardly. The Bible uses the word adorning when it's talking about a woman's apparel, and it talks about how they adorn themselves with their hair and such, when it talks about how a woman dresses. Adorning means to beautify. I don't know about you, but when you see a tragedy take place, whether it's on the news or whether it's something that you have seen personally, when somebody, you ever seen that ugly cry face? Nobody ever cries with a pretty face very much. They get all messed up. and you say, That's my ugly cry face. But when somebody is absolutely losing their mind, and we understand that there's times for, for, for tragedy and things that will cause people's hearts to sink and perhaps panic to set in, but the one you want to go to and the one you want to attach yourself to is the one that seems to have peace in that storm. The one with the calm spirit, the one that is taking leadership, the one that is helping people get to safety. And, and those are the ones that we turn to in those hours of trouble. And friend, listen, as a child of God, that's who we want to be. That's who we need to be. It doesn't mean we have all strength, but we know the one who does. It doesn't mean we have all the answers, but we can turn to Christ who knows the beginning from the end. And so we should adorn peace in our lives. It should be something that is evident in our lives. And so we see in the scriptures tonight the promise of peace. We have been promised peace. John 14, 27, again, Cody read already, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Think of all the promises of God. The Lord Jesus Christ, when he was about to leave this world, said two things in John chapter 17 that he would give us. In John 14, he promised us peace. And in John 17, he promised us joy. I don't think you can have joy without peace. If your life is in turmoil, it's difficult to have joy. And if you have no joy in your life, you would probably profess, I don't have any peace. The two go hand in hand, and those are the things that the Lord promised us most often, is that we would have the promise of peace in our lives. Listen to this, to know Christ is to know peace, to have him intimately working in your life. There's a lot of people that I've seen in this life that do not have peace. Even though they profess to know Christ. I've been in a lot of funeral homes over the years and I've seen people melt down and lose their minds. 
Friends, that's because we're not walking with the Lord like we ought to. I went home this afternoon and, and I uh, had unusual energy today. I don't know why. And uh, a lot of times after I preach, I'm pretty tired. I just I put a lot of emotion into it, wears me out a bit. And, and uh, so I'm usually pretty tired. I never, I never was a napper on a Sunday until just last few years. You know, I started taking after my wife more. <laughs> She'll tell you she likes to nap on a Sunday. That's the Lord's day. It's a day of rest, right? She's just honoring the Lord by taking a nap. That's how that works. And so I'm just, I just wasn't. But the last, you know, I'd sit in that lazy boy chair and doze off. And the next thing I'd hear, it's lunch or whatever, you know. Today, I just had this unusual energy, and I said, well, I might as well get some things done. And so I sat in the chair, and I, I wrote some thank you cards out for those that have been helping us, and, and uh, did some other things like that, and I studied my message for tonight a little bit, and I thought, well, I'm going to listen to a, a, a church service. I, I like to hear preaching, too. I do most of it, so I want to hear it. So I put on Brother Shirley. I wanted to hear their service from this morning and how things were going. And so I, I listened to their service, and it was such a blessing. And he was preaching on, on faith, and he, he said this. And I thought, boy, this, I've never heard this before. He says, you know those guys that are out on that stormy sea with Jesus, and he's asleep in the boat? And they're waking him up and said, Master, don't you care that we perish? He said, that was the worst thing you could have asked the Savior. To ask the Savior, don't you care? He left the splendors of heaven. He came to seek and to save that which was lost. He poured his heart and his life into healing the sick and raising the dead and causing blind eyes to see. He had just given of himself fully. How dare you ask him, do you care? But he turned to them and he said, O faithless generation, how long will I be with you? But here's the thing that really caught my attention. Jesus stood up and said, peace be still. And the very next moment, the boat was at the shore. The storm caused, stopped, and the boat was at the shore, it said. He said, Jesus worked even though they were faithless. But here's, here's why. Because even though their faith lacked, they still were real close to Jesus. He said, well, I struggle with my faith. Get real close to Jesus. Just, just let him take care of you. Just let him give you peace. Because in that moment, he spoke peace to that storm. And all those disciples got out of that boat and they stepped on dry ground in the very next moment. Peace. Because they'd stayed close to Jesus. We see the promise of peace, but we see the presence of peace. In John 16, that I just read, these things have I spoken unto you that in me... You might have peace. In the world you shall have tribulation, but be a good cheer. I have overcome the world. What he is saying is that even in the world you can have the presence of peace. You can know Christ in this lost and perverse generation. I got to tell you, I, there's, there's a bit of a relief when we walk away from the world. I, you know what I like? I, I don't, this may be just symbolic in my own mind. I like that our church is just outside of town. I don't know what it is. It's like we can drive out of Simcoe and walk through the doors and there's an oasis here. There's a place where we're going to come and we're going to worship. And we can come down to an altar and we can pray. And we can seek the Lord. And, 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 but here's what I know, that tomorrow morning, we're gonna, in just a few minutes, we're going to drive back into town. But even in the world, we can know the peace of Christ. Because we have the promise of peace and we have the presence of 
of peace that will never leave us nor forsake us. Philippians chapter 4, verse 7 says this, And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Listen, when a child of God walks in peace, the world won't understand it. But look at you and say, what, what is this? How can you have peace? Don't you care? Sometimes it's mistaken for apathy. No, no. I'm just trusting the Lord. I have peace. God is in control. But when they see it on the outside, there ought to be a change, or there ought to be something that changes in their heart. It is a mark of Christianity, specifically walking with God. Let me ask you this. If you ever said, looking at another situation, if that happened to me, I would lose my mind. Have you ever said that? Have you ever witnessed someone who professed to know Christ and just melt under the weight of sorrow? I want you to know tonight that is not God's plan for your life. He wants you to adorn peace. Now, if I stop the message right there, I have, it's not much help to you, is it? You just say, well, all you're doing is telling us what we ought to have. You're telling us what Christ has given us, and you're telling us what we should look like. But let me tell you that the Bible also tells us how we can acquire peace. I want you to see tonight, secondly, how we can acquire peace. The promises that Jesus made were to those who knew him as their Savior. And so look at John chapter 14, just back a couple pages. John chapter 14. And look, if you will, at verse 16. How do we acquire peace? First of all, you acquire peace through the presence of the Spirit of God. Through the presence of the Spirit of God. To know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior means the presence of the Spirit of God comes in. And here's the problem. It's not that he ever leaves us nor forsakes us, but we grieve him. And we vex him. And we sin against the Holy Ghost. So as he is grieved, we don't experience the love and the joy and the peace that we ought to have. But notice how we can acquire peace. First, it's through the presence of the Spirit. John chapter 14, look at verse 16 with me, if you will. Verse 16. And I, I will pray the Father, and he shall give you another comforter, that he may abide with you forever. Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. I will not leave you comfortless, I will come to you. Yet a little while in the world seeth me no more, but ye see me because I live, ye shall live also. At that day ye shall know that I am in my Father, and ye in me, and I in you. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, he it is that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him, and will manifest myself to him. Judas saith unto him, it's no doubt that he wouldn't understand it, Lord, how is it that thou wilt manifest thyself unto us and not unto the world? Jesus answered and said unto him, If a man love me, he will keep my words, and my Father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. He that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings, and the word which ye hear is not mine, but the Father's which sent me. These things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you, but the, covenor, covenor, but the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, Whatsoever I have said unto you, peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Ye have heard how I said unto you, I go away and come again unto you. If he loved me, he would rejoice, because I said, I go to my Father, 
for my Father is greater than I. Friends, let me ask you tonight. Do you have the peace of God in your life? If you don't, maybe it's because you don't have the Spirit of God in your life. Now, I'm not saying that Christians don't have moments where we're fearful. We don't have moments where we struggle with grief and sorrow. We don't have moments, we have moments where we doubt. But if that is the pattern of your life rather than the exception, perhaps you ought to check your spiritual growth. Perhaps you ought to find out if I'm actually in the faith, do I have the Spirit of God because Christ has promised peace when the Spirit of God comes into our lives. He will send another comforter and he says, peace I leave with you. So we have the presence of the Spirit, but we also have the power of the Savior. I want you to notice tonight that his name is the Prince of Peace. God has the power to bring peace to your life. In John 16, our text tonight, he says this, I have overcome the world. All those things that scare you, whether it's rational or not, Christ has overcome it. Here's what I heard one time, I like this, that God has given him a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. And there's some real battles in this life, and we have names for all of them. You say tonight, well, you don't understand, I'm struggling with cancer. Cancer's just a name, and he has a name above all names. Even cancer will bow at the feet of Jesus. Anything you can name is not as great as Jesus. We have the power of the Savior on our side. 1 John 4, 4 says, You are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. So we have the presence of the Spirit. We have the power of the Savior. But what about the promises of Scripture? The promises of Scripture. Look at Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, if you want to read some promises in the Bible, well, Romans 8 is fantastic. I read this morning, this isn't for tonight, there's therefore now no condemnation them which are in Christ Jesus who walk after the Spirit and not after the flesh. Isn't that a great promise? But jump down, if you will, and let's read a few of them together. Romans chapter 8 and verse 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helpeth our infirmities, for we know not what we should pray as for we ought, but the Spirit itself maketh intercession for us with groaning which cannot be uttered. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit, because he maketh intercession for the saints according to the will of God. Look at the promise. He said, well, I don't even know how to pray. I don't know how to deal with this. Don't worry about it. The Spirit does. He can bring peace to the situation. He intercedes on your behalf. He searches your heart and he prays for you. Verse 28. And we know, here's another great promise, that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. You may not know what is going on, but the hand of God is in control. Trust him. Verse 29. I like this. For whom he did know. He also did predestinate to be conformed to the image of the Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. God is working something in your life to make you more like Jesus. Moreover, whom he did predestinate, them he also called. And whom he called, them he also justified. And whom he justified, them he also glorified. What shall we say then to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own Son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall lay anything to the charge of 
of God's elect. It is God that justified. Who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather that is risen again. Who is even at the right hand of God, who also maketh intercession for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword? As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all things, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other creature should be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Listen, I just read a seven or eight verses tonight but the Bible is full of the promises of God that will bring peace to your life. But you need to read it. Somebody said, or the Bible says this, Psalm 119, verse 165. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Peace. Think about that. The author, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, made the word offend the opposite of the word peace. Think about that. If you are easily offended... Perhaps you're not experiencing the peace of God at that moment. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. How do we acquire peace? Through the presence of the Spirit, salvation. Through the power of the Savior, you must be born again. And through the promises of Scripture. Here's the thing. As a child of God, we understand it's important to adorn peace. It's important that we show that we are living in peace with God. That we have peace with this world. That we're not startled by every little thing that comes our way because God has given us a peace that passes all understanding. We understand that. We even understand tonight what it means to acquire peace. That we must be born again. That the Spirit of God dwells in our heart. And through that comforting Spirit of God, we can know peace. Then so why do so many not achieve peace? That's our third thing to think about tonight. Achieving peace. Because there's something that we must do as well. Achieving peace. So why are so many struggling? Why are so many believers overwhelmed in life? And it seems they can never achieve peace. Now, again, that's not to say we never experience fear or emotion or anxiety, even depression and despair. By the way, Satan's a real adversary. No doubt about it. Mental health is a real issue for some people. I understand that. I'm not discounting that. Charles Spurgeon, the preacher, said this, that he often despaired of life. I know a pastor today that pastors a large church and he gets invited often to a meeting that we go to and he'll have to sit in another room and watch on live stream. He can't sit in the crowd. He gets anxiety so bad. And even last year he couldn't get up and preach. It was so bad to be in another man's pulpit. I'm not saying Christians don't experience those things. But as a general rule, we should be maturing and growing in grace and peace. So how do we do that? How do we achieve peace? I want to say tonight it's by taking responsibility for what God has given us. God has given you a lot of things. You might get a gift from somebody, but if you never take it out of the box, it's not much good to you. God has given us the promise of peace. He's given us his comfort or his spirit. But do you listen? It's like having a great counselor that has been down the road before and you go to them and ask for wisdom and never listen to a thing they say. So many Christians have the Spirit of God 
trying to comfort and trying to help and trying to give us wisdom, and we never listen. So how do we achieve peace? Well, the Bible tells us. Number one, we need a focused mind. A focused mind. Isaiah chapter 26, verse 3. Again, Cody read it earlier. Thou wilt give him perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee. Where is your mind? What are you thinking on? Look, if you will, tonight in Philippians chapter 4. Look at Philippians chapter 4 with me, if you would. I don't hear any pages turning. Boy, this morning I was freaking out. I heard pages turning all across. It was wonderful to hear that. Some of you are going, bleep, 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 bleep. I get it. Philippians chapter 4. Look what the Bible says. Be careful for nothing. Verse 6. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Look what he says here. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, what's he say there next? Think on these things. Think on these things. Those things which ye have both learned and received and heard and seen in me do, and the God of peace shall be with you. Notice what he says in verse 7, the peace of God, the peace of God. And how do we achieve it? It has to come through the mind. It has to come through the mind. Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Romans 12, again, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. What's the next verse say? And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. What are you thinking on? Here's the thing. If Jesus is the Prince of Peace, it makes sense that godly and holy and righteous thoughts, things that are pure and just and all the things that are listed in Philippians 4 will help us have the right mindset and help us have peace. But if Jesus is the Prince of Peace, what is the adversary going to do? He's going to draw our attention everywhere else to cause turmoil in our lives. You think about all the things of this world, young people, that rock music stuff. I'm telling you, all that does is take your mind off Christ. You say, oh, music doesn't really have a morality. Good night. Some of the filthy stuff coming out there today. A lot of the things that we put in front of our minds and our eyes and then we listen, listen, it just serves to draw us away. And it will take your peace. It will take your peace. So you need to have a focused mind. Great peace have they which love thy law and nothing shall offend them. Focus on the word of God. Focus on the things of God. Keep your mind stayed on thee. How often in a day do you think of Christ? What he has done for you? So how do we take responsibility? First, a focused mind. Second, a faithful walk. Look at Galatians 5. It's amazing to me as I look at these verses in this context. Philippians 4 has peace and your mind. Peace and your mind. Think this way and you'll have peace. 
Thou will keep them in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. But look at this in Galatians chapter 5 as it talks about our walk. Galatians chapter 5, look at verse 16. This I say then, walk in the spirit and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the, le- for the flesh lusteth against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And there are contrary the one to the other so that they cannot do the things that you would. But if ye be led of the spirit, ye are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such of the like. Of the which I tell you before, as I've also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Let me ask you something. He says the works of the flesh, if we walk in the flesh and the lust of the flesh, notice what the works are. Does that sound like peace to you? Now there are some here that are very specific. You can read adultery, fornication, lascivious, uncleanness, lascivious, but listen, listen to this. Hatred. Is that peace? Variance. You know what variance is? It means to struggle against something, to be at odds with somebody. Variance. Jesus said he'd come to set uh, the father at variance with his son. There's a variance there. Look at what it says next. Emulations. You know what emulations are? It means a contentious rivalry that's born out of jealousy. That's our world today. Let's try to, so-and-so built a, built a brother, brother Vogel was telling me that when he bought his house, the guy built the house one foot bigger than his brother's house on every side. Is that right, Brother Vogel? Yeah. There he is, over there. So, one foot bigger, just because it's got to be bigger and better. That's how the world lives. There's no peace in that. Peace comes with contentment. Being happy with what God has given you. Look at, look at the next one here as we read in verse 20. Wrath. Strife, seditions, there's no peace. That's the lust of the flesh. But look at verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, what? Peace. Just the opposite. When we walk with the Spirit of God, we can have peace. So we need a focused mind, and we need a faithful walk. How do we achieve peace? Really? Just keep walking with the Lord. Keep growing, keep maturing. Be filled with the Spirit of God. Because it is a fruit of the Spirit to be filled. It's so interesting. As you go in life and you, the closer you grow to the Lord, you know what you find out? The closer you get to the Lord, the less you need in life. It's really true. (laughs) I remember Brother Stone when he sold his house. I think he sold everything in his house and took a chair and a table and that was about it. Just I don't need all that stuff. Well, it's true. We can be content with so much less when we have the peace of God. We don't need all these things. If there's one thing that COVID taught us is we can do without a whole lot of things. I said over and over, people complain, and I'd say, well, you know what? I still got a roof over my head, and I got food on my table. I haven't lost a pound in three years. God is good. But that's because we have peace with him. How do we achieve it? That's the most important point tonight. How do we achieve it? Keep your mind focused on Christ and keep walking in the Spirit of God. Father, we love you. We thank you for your word. Help us, Lord, to adorn peace, 
Maybe there's somebody here tonight that needs to acquire peace by knowing Christ as their Savior. But Lord, for the believers that are here tonight, I pray that we'd get to a point where we have that perfect peace that passes all understanding. Help us to achieve that in our lives by firmly relying upon our Savior, walking in the Spirit, and focusing on Him. And Father, we'll thank you in Jesus' name. Let's stand to our feet tonight. I want to give you an opportunity to respond, and maybe there is one that doesn't know the peace of Christ. We want to help you tonight with the scriptures, show how you can be born again and how you can know you're on your way to heaven and how you can have the peace of God. But it only comes through relationship with him. Have you acquired peace? Maybe there's believers tonight say, I just struggle with this preacher. I, I get rattled so easily and I, you know, I struggle with, with things going on in my life and I just seem to don't have the peace that other believers have. Why don't you just give that to the Lord tonight? Ask him to grow your faith. Why don't you just, listen, there might have been more, but why don't you start with those two steps? Lord, I want to focus on you more. I want to learn more about you. I'm going to read the Gospels. Learn more about what Jesus was about. I'm going to read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I'm going to just fill my heart and life with those stories. I'm going to focus on God. Here's what I encourage people sometimes when they're struggling. Go back and read Elijah. Because you see all the great things God did. Read King David and see all the great things God did, the battles that he won. And never look at the man, but look at what God did. It'll build your faith if you keep your mind stayed on him. And then learn to walk in the spirit. That means, Lord, I I give you control. I surrender to you. Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to thee. And as your spirit fills, you'll find you'll have love, joy, and peace because that's just the fruit. You know, a healthy tree will, will bear fruit. If you're healthy in Christ and filled with the spirit, you'll bear fruit. So why don't you spend a moment, we'll just be quiet for a moment, let the piano play, and we'll pray.